Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This. Well, we should testing. actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. Yeah, mostly like young, middle-aged men. Equal equal sex distribution. Sex distribution. Mm-hmm. 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 Timmy, I got a joke for you. All right, David. I'm afraid, but let's let's hear it. Why did Karl Marx hmm. only write in lowercase letters? Why? Because he didn't like capitalist <laughs> letters. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. I my I went, funny. I went to the dentist's office this week uh-huh. to get my teeth cleaned. The dentist told you that one. He's like a hippie and stuff. He's like a really cool guy. Hmm. What's interesting about this fella, he's on his third wife now. He's like 70 years old. Uh And every succeeding wife, the music in his office changes. So Hmm. I wasn't here for the first wife. My mom and dad said he married a uh, a woman when they started to go to see him back in the 80s. Wow. And he used to play in in his office um, like um, WMMR, which is like, you know, classical rock, Uh you know? Well, he divorced her eventually and then married another woman. Hmm. And with this woman, he started to play classical music in the office. Hmm. And that was the woman – I call that the woman, the music itself, because yeah. that was the that was the music that was played throughout the majority of my time being there. Uh-huh. Well, I guess he eventually divorced her and then married a, his um, longtime Japanese female friend because he used hmm. to live in Japan for a little while. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Who was his dental assistant for a while. And uh, she's about sixty years old as well, uh, and okay. that hit, the music just now changed to nineteen thirties and forties. Like, uh, I, I don't know what kind of music like, you're, you know, like, you're like, alluding like, 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 to. I'd say like whatever was popular in the thirties and forties in Japan. I just just like even I guess that okay, yeah, okay, you know what I mean, like yeah. the cadence of like the records you would hear and things like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. So that is their new. Uh, his new wife's music. So it's fascinating. This is an interesting concept. He's a so, super hippie, hmm. super uh, super commie, hmm. Um, hmm. and uh, one of the few people I allow in my mouth. So uh, <laughs> you like that? You like that? He's in a uh, in a select club of uh, educated, wealthy, older yes. men. <laughs> uh, speaking about putting things in your mouth, okay. Just read an article this week hmm. um, regarding plastics. Yes, we've talked about this many I, a time. I, I I really am going to start considering looking into living a plastic-free life. Here's the thing. Yes, but I don't think it matters anymore. I think it's probably important during your developmental stage to stay away from plastic because it'll mean, mess with just, your hormones. Just in general. I guess. And I'm sure plastic still affects you. I know if it yeah, affects like, women's menstrual cycles. Yeah, like any, I think all the damage done... You eat more plastic. Like If you, if you yeah, eat more plastic plates yeah. and stuff and use mm-hmm. plastic forks, you're supposedly... Uh, uh, the menstrual, menstrual cycles become yeah, much more painful. So yeah. if that's the case for women, I'm sure there's something else that's going on with us. For, in general, I suspect that once you're an adult, the damage from plastic exposure is done. You really want so, in childhood and puberty. Probably I think you really want to keep them away from it. Probably has a more exacerbating effect, but I I still think there's probably a Possibly. a correlation between it being. I still I prefer like microwaving your food in plastic. Yeah, like I, I, mean, I mean, there were ceramics in the early fifties yeah. that had radioactive materials in. Yeah, them, like so. I've said, like, like I've brought up before, the plastics have to be have to have some responsibility for the. Really stupendous decrease in male testosterone over the past several decades. I'm pretty testosterone-y. 
Yeah, okay. Mm, pepperoni. But in general, it's been a no, it's been a very noted trend, and it's probably the plastics, and it's probably I like a bull. The government probably is happy about it with the chemtrails. Yeah. So, anyways, the article I read had something to say about water bottles that are plastic, and it turns out literally every water bottle that they had analyzed the water in has yeah. trace amounts mm-hmm. of plastic particles. They said it wasn't much to be alarmed by in the but sense that there wasn't a high amount for it to actually supposedly affect your health, mm-hmm. but they said it's something to be concerned about because now it's gone to the most basic of our of our um uh, resources and a water, as a water bottle, and now I'm reconsidering drinking water bottles. So yeah, um, I mean I'm not because I think the damage is done. But okay, it's if you can eliminate plastic, go ahead. I think I want to. I think I want to start. Really go ahead, about eliminate that. that plastic. I've actually I don't drink water bottles anymore. I got one of those uh, Britas. Britas, yeah, yeah. So. But you live like on a on a you're, everything's connected. Like your mm. living room's closer. True, you got, true. You know what I mean? Like versus yes. like I live in a in a three story house, live, uh-huh. you know, with three other guys. And if you want your privacy, you don't want to have to exactly. walk down no, the exactly. stairs into the kitchen and whenever I, you want to. I, I actually water. considered buying a um, mini fridge. No, no, no. Oh, not no. I think that's so college yeah. Uh Like actually, a water cooler in my room. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty sweet that's what i'm actually. saying right like who had who i got water cool in my room what do mm-hmm. you got you know so yeah. i was thinking about doing that uh before how we, much are they did you look into it uh, yeah i did but um i think i just didn't feel like dealing with but how much are they it's like 300 bucks okay yeah. i mean i mean probably cheaper if you can get one like without the hot water heater one yeah prob- who needs that yeah i don't well not for my room at least so but to make it cold do you have to plug it in you must yeah right? yeah of yeah, course you right, must. right 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 uh-huh. um I guess there probably is zero gravity ones too. Yeah, because it, it would make sense for it that to be. But it wouldn't cool the water. No, it'd be room temperature. Yeah, water. which I don't really care. Even. But I mean, if you I mean, just the... have water bottles in your room, exactly, that's it's what the same you're doing thing. Exactly. But me, I don't. I, I like cold water. I like cold water. Got to be cold for me and stuff like that. So, yes, indeed. Um, Stephen Hawking this week died. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much plastic. Too much plastic. No. I, I think that's crazy. Like, the, the smartest man in the world is, okay. is gone. Okay, what does that mean, and, smartest man in the world? Okay, one of us... Okay, okay, okay. Let me say this. He's the person in the world who's most famous for being smart. One of the most brilliant men in the world okay, has died enough. this week. And I but think among how many? Among the couple thousand? He, he, among he, the he couple was, hundred he, thousand? He changed the world, Tim. I mean, he, he changed the way we look at everything. I think no, we, it's... A, Okay, what do you mean he changed the way? Listen. He he wrote a book about the universe. That no one read. I I, mean, people read it, but, like, no one understands his work. Well, who read... Well, that probably... No one understands his work. He didn't change the world. I think some people understand his work. Yeah, some people, a couple thousand. He disproved Einstein, apparently. Yeah, I have no idea what you mean by that, and neither do you, because neither of us could (laughs) understand his work. He didn't change the world. Smart man... listen, he made... Smart man knows what he said. Yeah, he made very... I'm assuming he made very important contributions to physics. What do you have against Steve Hawking? Nothing at all. What, but this, people, what, no, what, why no, won't you just say it's a travesty <laughs> that a very brilliant mind no longer shines in the living world? Yeah, I guess. It's sad. What does that mean, you guess? It's yeah, either you I, think I agree, it's a bad thing. But I, it's like smart people die all the time, you know? Uh-huh. Okay, here it's like... Stephen Haw- not Stephen Hawking whatever. smart people. No, no, no. I think it's not even that. It's do st- smart people like Stephen Hawking are ever born at any given time. Not many. A couple, so yeah. So whether he dies around. or not is one thing. The fact that he existed is amazing. And the He's fact- obviously 
a preeminently intelligent individual. Very much so, I would say. Like one in a million, one in ten million, I wouldn't even, one I, in a hundred I'd say million. probably even larger than that. Well, and to think okay. that he had such a disability and still was able to produce grand, mm-hmm. grand work. Yes. He's an impressive character. I have nothing against Stephen Hawking. I think you have something against Stephen Hawking. It's just, I was a little bit surprised how much, how to say... Buzz? Obviously. Buzz, buzz it generated. Obviously. I was a little surprised, and everyone's like, oh, smartest man in the world, smartest man in the world. Okay. I think, you got, I think you're just jelly ex- of Stephen Hawking's. Of, well, kind of. But okay, he's extraordinarily I'm not, I'm not intelligent. I'm not at all, at all <laughs> jealous. I mean, I, I, I felt sorry for him. I mean, his whole life story was pretty sad. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, and I, th- I think eventually his wife died from some terrible illness hmm. as well. Um, at least that's what I remember from. Um, I think, you know, what really crazes me out is the fact... By the way, did you know he was against the Vietnam War? But most intellects of his era yeah, were uh-huh. against the Vietnam War. Most people with the brain were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing about him, for me, if I was to be in his shoes, is just his sex life. I would mm. feel so terrible if that was my life. Mm. And I don't say that to denigrate or I don't say that to, to shame or anything of that nature. I'm just saying, like, I could deal with being a paraplegic in mm-hmm. that way, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could stand ever not being able to be active in the ways of... Well, of he the, might have intimacy. no desire anymore. God, I don't, I don't understand how that would even work either. You just don't have a desire. It's like this. If you just ate a big meal, you're not hungry. Or if you just or if you're not hungry, you're not hungry. Plastic, and then you exactly. just become infertile, and there's no testosterone left. Exactly. Like if you don't have the desire, it's probably not that bad. Because Man, what you do you live for then? To. What's the point? Well, apparently, he did this great work <laughs> that you have an incredible understanding of. I never said Appar- I anything he wrote. <laughs> apparently, I'm just he saying, changed the world. I'm recognizing him as an individual of being of great merit of intellect. Well, he was a man of the mind, apparently. Apparently, and he yes. was famous. Probably had a lot of money. Whatever. Oh yeah, probably. But still, I don't. I don't think I could do it. I don't okay. Think I could, I well, could. I mean, he didn't have the desire. So, Who, how do you know he didn't have the desire? Okay, you're right. I don't. Did, did, did if Steve he did, Hawking spurn you? Like you try <laughs> to come up to him and say, "Hey, big boy, you want to go for a ride?" No. I In reality, not. this is and what. He, it's, and this is what. This is why I don't like him. I'm. Yeah. Okay. And the fact that he didn't want you, it just proves that he had no desire. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I understand now. That's how we're this, doing it. The pieces have been brought together. The universe is one uh-huh. again. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy that he's gone. Um, I, I have high respects for those who 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 have, you know, gone and 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 furthered the the knowledge of the human race. Mm. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he was an avowed atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he 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 opened the idea of multiverses, and I don't know, just a really just a really interesting. Just an interesting person to be alive during the time that we were alive. You know, I I, yeah. I truly wish I didn't understand. I did understand more of his work. But, yeah, so do I. But um, we the, you know we are we are just not geniuses. We mm-hmm. have to just lay it on the line and say. I that. mean, I suspect I could come to an understanding of high level physics. I don't suspect I have the capability to be someone who could produce results in high-level physics. The problem with me in physics is but this. But I do believe I could come to an understanding of it if I put in the effort. The problem I time. have with physics is this, is that I don't believe that there's anything ever set in stone. Hmm. I don't believe that there's some master mm-hmm. golden rule. Hmm. I don't, And if there is, there's no way in God's green earth is it any bit comprehensible to what we un- could ever understand and comprehend as humans. Hmm. And Funny that's how I- everything works. 
Wow, right? Tim. Wow, Tim. <laughs> Write a book, dude. <laughs> Funny how everything works by Tim. From the Tim and Dave Show podcast. Yeah, forward I mean, by Dave. Tim I, is okay. an ass. But, but, He's but, a moron. He wrote this book. <laughs> Enjoy your read and wasting $30. You went to a bookstore and spent $30 on something you could have downloaded illegally online on an e-textbook. And you bought hardcover with a cover jacket just so that you could go to the book. Just so you could go to the pool and just show off to everybody that reading this friggin' physics book, you piece of garbage. Okay, but in your D- saying Sign that, David. Sign David, okay. Very incredibly complicated <laughs> things in technology just work, right? So uh, obviously these principles not, are true. Apparently not Max anymore. And Ma- well, that's PCs true. And well, that's a totally Bitcoin. different thing. So everything, I'm just proving you wrong. Okay. All right. Everything just works. That was... <laughs> It was a very bad freaking argument. Profound, freaking profound man over here. Thank you, David. Um, profound. Profound. So one of the big um, uh, issues that we're having now that is affecting the, uh, us in the human race. Space junk. Space junk. Space it's all junk. over the place. Well, I just read an article. Uh-huh. And it sums up. I hope. I hope it proposed a solution to space junk. Simply put, the article's heading was space typhoon. No, wait. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Trigon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start that over. I hope that article... <laughs> proposed a solution <laughs> guys we're recording this on st patrick's day <laughs> and uh, you can only imagine of uh, uh-huh. the, the craziness ensuing in, in this studio what's the solution to space junk uh a space harpoon <laughs> is what i was trying to say listen if you want da- <laughs> it's like the freaking moby dick of freaking yes. space listen. ah she bros the white whale the sputnik 1300 if you get really- the space harpoon <laughs> If you really want, who is that? Who is that? Uh, who is that African character in? Moby in what? Dick? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. What was his name? Quechua? No, no the clue. Quechua was actually the Peruvian. I never read it. Actually, I never did either. When mm. I was taking some certifications, they were asking about my knowledge of literature, mm-hmm. and they said, "What famous novel starts with this line?" Um, call me Ishmael. Call me Ishmael. Yeah, that's and literally that's all it had. And I was like, "Oh, that's," and I was so happy with. I patted mm-hmm. myself in the back, but you know what? I got it right. It was the uh, Moby Dick. Yeah. But uh, the only reason why I know that, I never read it. It was just because it's been referenced so many times by so many Simpsons mm-hmm. episodes yeah. <laughs> and so many Futurama episodes and all these other things. It's all like I know it because of cultural references, exactly. not because I read uh-huh. the book. So, but like I was gonna say, if you want Trump to actually, would you ever read that book? Direct his interest and invest money into um, space exploration, just talk to him about the space harpoon. Yeah, he'll I probably. think that's up his alley. Who's texting you? I don't know. Who? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, uh, work. That's it's a work right. group text. <laughs> oh, boy. I guess that's funny to David. <laughs> oh, Timmy. I just like insulting you. Okay. Anyways, um, sounds like a fake name. Uh-huh. Like someone you get off a of Craigslist or something. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> Someone's first name with a generic white man's name and then Smith at the end. Uh-huh. Did you know about this podcast? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, lastly, um, so there was a walkout for many American schools this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I mean, this week. Uh-huh. Uh, protesting against the um, uh, violence the that's going on in, in, in America Florida. and advocating for uh, gun control. And a lot of big celebrities supported it. Big celebrities. Um, are, Seth yeah. MacFarlane mm-hmm. was one of them. I have a high respect for his work and I and his. I, and I wouldn't say all his politic, but for this, I you know I think it's great that we have people who are creatives uh, speaking out uh, about this issue. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm highly supportive of, of what the, okay, here's of what the, the thing. kids were. It was kind of lame. 
because it's oh like, my god, it was too I'm organized. If you're if you if, if like says. adolescents freaking, are trying to protest something, it shouldn't freaking be this 10, organized. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it should. It's like everyone was okay the with civil it. rights movement should not have been organized. No, the civil rights movement was great because it, it was also the organized. Power. It, no, it was organized, but it was organized against the power structure, and it was very subversive, and it fought the power. It's not like Martin Luther King went up to the frickin' White House and said. Hey, Lyndon Johnson, how about we collaborate and get this great march going on? I think Instead, this... he took the initiative and he led the march and led all these things Tim, against the, the, the pro- systems of authority. The protest was, in a, sense, in a sense, a system of authority being protested against. Yeah, but it was too... In a national level. Okay, here's the problem. Okay, what's the problem? It was like organized with the consent of the schools and it was all... Some were consented. But, yeah, for the most part they were. It was, oh my gosh. It's like, first of all, the whole set. Dig in that hole, Timmy. And you they, terrible, horrible and they went back human to school, being. You which hate is Steve all, Hawkins. You hate student led protests. And they went back into school, which is also lame. It was like, we're going to leave orderly and lay down for 17 minutes, and then we're going to go it's, back it's in. Just a civil, it's a civil protest mm. that is civil. It was lame. I think it's going it, to. I have high advocate. These are the, these are the pit people, Tim, that will be marching. Uh, to the White House huh. when they get older. These are the, these are the I young ones. These are the young ones that are going to change a generation. Nah. Okay, I have high hopes for those that come after us. I have low hopes. We suffered a horrible recession, Timothy. Okay, mm. we suffered a terrible time in American history. All right, and we had our own avant-garde to go forward with. Oh, okay, don't oh geez me. Okay, long live. The Soviet Republic. Okay. Long live the proletariat. Okay. And happy, happy St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. everybody. And I support you kids. If you're watching, you're doing the right thing. Keep protesting. There are problems. There are inequities. There are issues within this country. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us. It's up to you to fight them. Okay. It's lame that it was coordinated with the administration, oh my God. and it was just an excuse. To it what? was it was a it totally, was not an excuse. It was a totally mainstream okay, presentation. It was oh, an entirely it, mainstream. It presentation. was a collaborated presentation uh, that was for the betterment of this country. Yeah, and I support it. I support it. Okay. What was the betterment? Like, what what policies are they advocating? Ha- when for? when has this ever happened in this regard? What do you mean? To this degree, when about gun about gun violence has this happened in our schools? I don't recall. I don't think there ever was to this level of protest. I find that admirable. Okay, what are the goals of the protest? To have comprehensive gun What's that mean? Control. Comprehensive gun We've control. We talked about this. Okay, are we banning handguns? We're t- we talked about this. Are we banning handguns? We talked about it. Even if when I asked ba- you this question, you got r- r- ranty at me. Yeah. We talked about this. If we're not banning handguns, then you're not going to do anything about well, gun there was, deaths. Handguns weren't the reason why there were so many children that died in that, in that incident. You exactly. Know that. You know that. It's a very small number who die from... Uh, um, assault weapons, but that doesn't it, no. It, it doesn't matter what the number is in that regard. It needs to be resolved. Uh, we don't want schools to become war zones. We don't want them to become these mili- Timmy, you've advocated for this. You want gun control. You've said yeah. this in previous podcasts. Just because you don't like protesting doesn't mean that your argument changed. Well, no. Listen, how about this? Oh my God! How many more lives would be saved <laughs> if we raised we're not the driving getting, age we're not, from sixteen to We're not getting into this argument. Far again. more students uh, about driving protests. to this or about from the protest. I support this. Good job, mm. kids. Keep working. Keep fighting the good fight. It's a fight. trumped up you, issue. There are more important issues. No, no, you're a terrible human being. You're a terrible right. human being. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to the next segment of our podcast. Our podcast next segment. Oh, God, I hate it when you take your socks off in the <laughs> studio. This is a filthy, ugly-ass behavioral habit you have. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, hippie. That's coming from you. I don't like pants, man. I mean, okay, this, okay, this, this, okay, this, okay, okay. I feel comfortable without them. I hear you. Um, anyways, uh, w- the next segment we're going to have is we're going to be reviewing mm. movies that we have found to be influential yes. in our lives yes. and at the same time things that we just liked. Mm. Um, so Tim and I picked out a selection of movies mm. and I hope you both are, I hope you enjoy both of our, mm. uh, of our selections and critiques and we're going to have some sample clips. So uh, let's get started. So, Tim, what are the three films that you chose for this segment of our podcast? My three films are the following. The Leopard, directed by Lucina Visconti, released 1963 from Italy. Barry Lyndon, directed by Stanley Kubrick, released 1975. And Take Shelter, directed by Jeff Nichols, released in 2011. Wow, Tim, aren't you such the academic here? I just have taste. Yeah, oh man. Such, I'm not, such, such I'm a, not great a snob. Guy. Such a great guy. Okay, what are your three films? Um, X-Men, Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Shut the hell up, Timmy. Okay. That's, that's a good movie. Okay. That's a great movie. All right, all right. Okay, <laughs> okay. What's your second movie? X-Men 3. <laughs> Shut the hell up, Timmy. <laughs> These are good films. Okay. These mean something to me. Okay, okay. They mean something to you. What's the third? What's the third? Viva Vendetta. Okay. It's a All great right. movie. It's yeah. a good movie. It's okay. a very good movie. Okay. Anyhow. Have the mask. Anyhow. Um, Viva so- Vendetta or The Mask? Which was a better film? I d- <laughs> <laughs> they, they share many I similarities. Honest, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> I hate most of Jim Carrey's movies. <laughs> he, I never liked him in the '90s. I thought he was, yeah. as a child, I thought he was juvenile. He was, and I juvenile. hated it. I hated it. I thought mm-hmm. it was not. I was like, how do the masses, uh-huh. like a six-year-old <laughs> child thinking this, yeah. how do the masses mm-hmm. ever appreciate this buffoon? Yeah. Now he's made two good films in later in his career mm-hmm. that I do appreciate. What are those? As a matter of fact, maybe I should put those next as a as a list of the no, things well. to talk about. I liked. Um, that film where he was in like a show and he was being watched as if he was like—is it called the Truman Show? I think it was. Yeah, that's something like that. It was really good. Hmm. And all right, we'll put these on the list for next time. The Truman okay. Show, and then, um, and then of course, I, and I highly, highly, highly recommend this for everyone to ever watch. And we're definitely going to do a seg this segment very soon. Hmm. Um, Eternal Spotless of a Sun, uh, 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 Eternal Sunshine of, of a Spotless, spotless Mind. mind. I've never oh, watched that. Oh, I've watched that. Like those, that's one of the films, Tim. Honest to God, thank God we had this mm. conversation about Jim Carrey. Uh-huh. Um, I've that's one of the films where I've watched over probably three or four times. Mm, wow. I've loved that film, mm. and just like the films I've been discussing, you know, right about right about to discuss, I, I these films I love, and they've, mm. they for whatever reason, one way or the other. They've hit me in okay. a place where it means something to me, mm. and it's and I know that, and I've watched a lot of movies. So I'm I actually, believe we're 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 choosing our films by different criteria here. Okay, you're choosing your films clearly based on meaningful emotional connection. Correct. I'm choosing my films based on aesthetical affection, which does involve emotion, but it's not so involved in personal. So they, they never affect. They never changed your worldview. No, they didn't change my worldview. Or they view. made you feel like this they was talking f- about myself. No, really. But they made me feel in an aesthetic, artistical sense. Huh? Go figure. Which is more important for some than others. I, I, no, but believe me, I do love beauty, and mm-hmm. I love beauty in film. Mm-hmm. But I also, I think I've always liked the narrative better. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, 
Um, I'm gonna start off with the, I'm gonna start off first, and I actually kind of want to clump those two movies as as one, and then you can do two of yourself as Very well. well. X Men Wolver- Origins Wolverine. Now, right. my absolute favorite of all the X Men of all of, the, of, of all of the of all of the movies made, and I've watched every one that's come out um, since I was a child, and. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine was by far my favorite. Some don't like it because there's hmm. a, a lot of corniness. I think they CG'd his yeah, claws yeah. and stuff like that. I'm, I'm willing to look past that because, that's again, that's the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. But the idea of Wolverine, for now and forever, hmm. I will empathize and relate to. I've loved I know. You've always character. loved Wolverine. He was a forlorn hero. Hmm. He was a misunderstood. You know, I, I you know, and I think too. I mean, it's a it's a trope. I mean, his 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 character is a trope. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think though is the idea of his superpower because X Men have superpowers uh-huh. was immortality. Right? Mm-hmm. He cannot die. The thing about Wolverine. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. He wasn't a mutant, was he? He was. A he mutant. was a human who was experimented on, right? His his mutation originally was uh-huh. uh, um, immortality. Immortality. Oh, okay. So he was already. Oh, he was already and actually, born. Actually, gotcha. in this in this movie, it'll show that his his claws originally uh-huh. weren't metal. Obviously, mm. they were bone. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, you're and right. that's where the X Men Origins of Wolverine has come about because it mm. started to explain those sorts of things. Um, actually, Wolverine wasn't meant to be the, one of the bigger characters. To be honest with you, his first yeah. like, appearance was him against the Hulk, hmm. and he uh, just captivated people. I, people loved him, and as a matter of fact, he was one of the most favorite uh, characters in America. Hmm. But he's not even American. Yeah, he's Canadian. Interesting. Yeah, so go figure. And his whole lore is brilliant. But I've always uh, admired the idea of his survivalism, his mm-hmm. ability to just withstand anything. But also, he can live forever Mm -hmm. and with that he is loved Mm -hmm. in many different ways and many different people Mm -hmm. but because of his mutation and just his life circumstances Mm -hmm. um it doesn't always work out the way he wants it to Mm -hmm. so in wolverine x-men origins um there was a scene that i loved immensely and i still do and i still to this day watch it because it's so it's so pining of, of the things. It's just, it's just it's a great piece of cinema. Wait, before we play it, though, however, I'm going to just set it up. So in X-Men o- Origins Wolverine, um, there's a love interest that, uh, that Wolverine has. Logan is his, is his official name. Um, and she is uh, a Native American woman, uh, school teacher. And... Um, they love one another. And mm. uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a nice scene... And they're in the and they're in like a really nice like mountainous log mm-hmm. cabin type thing, and like she's a school teacher and he's a logger. And I always thought that this scene was very beautiful in its own way because Wolverine decided to get away from the hustle and bustle of life and just wanted to live a simple life and be left alone. But as the story progresses, and I won't spoil or spoil it for anybody, um, things change. Mm. Things change in life, and we and things definitely changed after this scene. Um, uh, for various other reasons uh, due to the nemesis in the film. But uh, Mm. let's take a look at this. It's it's a beautiful scene. Why is the moon so lonely? Why? Because she used to have a lover. You tell this to the kids? No. His name was Kwekawatsu, and they lived in the spirit world together. That's a true story. Mm -hmm. Right. And every night, they would wander the skies together. 
But one of the other spirits was jealous. Mm. Trickster wanted the moon for himself. So he told Kiyakawatsu that the moon had asked for flowers. He told him to come to our world and pick her some wild roses. But Kiyakawatsu didn't know that once you leave the spirit world, you can never go back. And every night, he looks up in the sky and sees the moon and howls her name. But... He can never touch her again. Wow. Cuckoo Kachu got screwed. Kue Kuatsu. <laughs> Means the Wolverine. That's just that's just one of those scenes where I could just watch over and over again. And you know me, I like I like that's your kind of thing. I love mythical lore. Yeah, that's your kind of thing. And it's like the Snowdrop story. Yeah, it's it's um, and it, at the end of the film, and when you see how everything goes down, and you just. It's, it doesn't end happily, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, mm, it doesn't, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to spoil it. It's it just goes to show you this this person has has uh, experienced many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried to save everybody, and it just um, doesn't always work out like that. True so, enough. a beautiful, beautiful scene. Um, in X Men Three, mm-hmm. uh, which was the movie right before this one, because this uh, the movie that we just spoke of, the origin movie, was a prequel. Um, Kind of, and most people don't like this. The film X Men Three. Um, there, there's a lot of the uh, f- a lot of fans are like don't like it so much because mm-hmm. it's, 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 it didn't end really well. And I agree, it wasn't one of my favorite of the of the trilogy. Uh, X Men Two was probably my favorite okay. of, of the trilogy, um, which actually heavily emphasized the story of Wolverine again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but in this in this movie, you know, the mutants are fighting, and um, what do you call it? They're trying to, um, you know, save um, this corporation and these people. Wada da da da, da mm. you know. And um, at the end, though, Gene, which is one of the mutants in the in, in this in the story, um, is who's a who's a telepath? Not tele. It's a uh, what, what's her power? Telekinesis. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. I don't know exactly what the true term of that would be in, in, as far as the mutant powers go. Empath? I love the word <laughs> empath, but it's not. I'm an empath. Um, but no, um, she had been possessed by a spiritual animal of the phoenix, hmm. uh, which is like the main storyline. I remember of that storyline in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And the comic book series, too. Yeah. The phoenix, the phoenix um, uh, um, storyline, I guess yeah, is what it's yeah. called. Whatever. Saga. Saga. They, the phoenix hmm. saga. Uh, so... Uh, the Phoenix is a you know obviously a firebird, very powerful, and she was a level five mutant because of it, which is the, which is the only one they ever knew of, and mm. she's extremely powerful. And eventually, she was used against the X Men by the bad guys, but she was unable to control her powers. And eventually, she was going to destroy everybody, good and bad guys. Mm. And they're trying to evacuate everybody, etc., etc. This is the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys want to see the movie, so be it. But um, I do want to play this scene. And again, Wolverine is the central character in this scene. Gene had 
had a relationship with a with Scott or Cyclops, and Wolverine later down the line. Again, this the movie originally was a prequel, uh, which happened in the past. This was more of during the present in the X Men Three. Fell in love with Jean, and but he knew Jean was with Scott, but he tried his best to hold back his true emotions because, mm-hmm. you know, that sometimes in life that is that's that's life. You have to do that and it's it's painful and it is mm. what it is um so anyways wolverine <clears throat> is um is in love with gene and gene has um is going bananas and wolverine is the only person in this scene that was able to stop her because wolverine is invincible essentially mm-hmm. and he kept he can regenerate so in this scene you see wolverine trying to get to gene and um to 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 stop her from destroying mm-hmm. everything um uh, it's not a lot of dialogue in the clip that i'm about to show you all but um in the scene he's climbing a hill while gene is throwing her superpowers at him and he's like being torn apart you're seeing mm. his skin and his his flesh and his bone fly all over the place but then be regenerated until he gets to her mm-hmm. and then he makes this epic scene to stop her when she's possessed by this spirit of the phoenix mm. um changing who she really was who was a sweet loving woman so let's let's take a look at this scene ladies and gentlemen i'm the only one who can stop her get everyone to safety go I mean, when I first saw that scene, um, and to this day, still, it just still gets to me. Like it just like, mm. and it, it, the thing is too, and I, I don't know if, ladies and gentlemen, you can relate to this so much now because there's a buildup in these types of series. You, you see the relationships between the characters and things of that nature. I, I honestly recommend the entire uh, first three X Men series movies as well as the Wolverine Origins. It's kind of a great four piece story, and uh, you know. I think Wolverine, and of all the characters that, that are in X Men, um, again, as I said, his, his idea of just always wandering, always fighting, always surviving, hmm. uh, and just I don't know, I just you know his his character is just um, I, I just empathize with that character, and I'm not saying like I'm like my my life's so forlorn or whatever, hmm. but I, the idea of who he is 
and what he's all about. And in the end of the day, yes, you find it very romantic. It's a beautiful story. The the he's a the um uh the mis the misunderstood hero because he was never he was never Cyclops. He was never the main good guy. Mm. He was the guy on the side who, but eventually, because the fans loved him, mm-hmm. you know, um, he 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 did the right thing at the time when it was needed to be done right, even if it was hard to do. And I think that's a a good lesson to be taught in any in any situation. And plus, he the, the women in his life. I just mm. it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, if I, I highly recommend you watching this. I don't know if you had the time to, but it's it's I I love these pieces, and it shaped me. It shaped me how I view myself in a certain degree. I mean, God, I know it's a movie, right? But I think that's why we watch movies, it's why we listen to stories, it's why we hear tales, right? Mm. To to evaluate our own lives when we don't want to. We look at others and characters to make us feel more um, safe to say, okay, maybe I re- relate to that. Screw you, Timmy. You bastard. Anyways, uh, let's go on to your films, Tim. Don't you want to do V for Vendetta? No, you go do your two films. Oh, okay. Okay. Do two yours, yeah. So starting off, The Leopard. So this is an Italian film. It's a historical epic, over three hours long. Jesus. Visually gorgeous. It's set in the middle towards the end of the 1800s mm-hmm. when Giuseppe Garibaldi's army is uniting Italy. As our listeners may or may not know, Italy, for most of its history after the Roman Empire, was many different states, right. persisted through the uh, Middle Ages and Correct. early modern period. Correct. Then in the 1800s, it was finally united into one country. Correct, Correct. Our main character here is a descendant of the old Norman nobility in sorry, the old Norman nobility in Sicily. Okay. And he's the prince, he's incredibly wealthy. Of course, Sicily as a country is terribly underdeveloped. Right. But he's the heir to this beautiful, magnificent uh, rural estate. Mm-hmm. He has great social esteem. Mm-hmm. He's played by the great actor Burt Lancaster, okay. who looks every bit of um, a suave majestic Morris. nobility. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's not a Moor. He'd be a Norman, a Nordic. They invaded uh, Sicily. Right, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. And he is struggling with the new social order, where his kind is no longer in charge. Mm-hmm. Rather, the bourgeoisie mm-hmm. is now in charge. <laughs> and... A very important theme in the film is his relationship with his nephew. In the beginning, his nephew is a very um, idealistic, romantically inspired fighter in Giuseppe Garibaldi's army fighting for Italian nationalism. Very idealistic. Mm. And once um, Italy is unified, and it ends up being unified under a king, Mm. he transfers into the king's army, and this really very much disappoints the prince. Mm. Because he views it as him selling out to the new power structure. Right, 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 right. He really didn't go through with his ideological vision. Right. Once a new thing popped up that he felt he could insinuate himself into, he sold out, as it were, and went into that. Hmm. And this offends the prince's sensibility. Hmm. And there's a great um, symbolism in the story where the nephew was um, assumed to eventually marry the prince's daughter. You know, it's nobility. It's how these things are done. Right. But in the end, he ends up marrying a, the very beautiful daughter of a bourgeoisie who is a very um, crude and ignoble character. I guess but we should very say spoiler rich. alert, by the way. Well, these sorts of films, it's not like they're... Yeah, okay. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Whatever. 
Like I said, I didn't know we'd do a whole synopsis here. He, he marries the daughter of a um, bourgeoisie, very crude, ignoble, quite a contrast to the majestic nobility of the prince. <sighs> yeah, but very rich. Right. And the climax of this film is at this great ball thrown by one of the former nobility, mm-hmm. where the new order is invited, mm-hmm. and the prince wanders aimlessly and lonely amongst the great party, realizing that he is, he is cat. Yeah, but realizing that he, the prince, is now cast out. And this is the new Italy, and it is new. And as majestic and important as he was, and even though he is still esteemed for his social heritage, in reality, he is no longer a part of the future. Right, right. And here we will leave you with a bit of a clip where he reflects on this fact. Big Uncle, if the people here tonight didn't applaud, it's only because they hold a man like you in awe and feel they mustn't. But you deserved an ovation. Now, won't you come and have supper with us? No, Angelica. My memories of the youth are too lively for me not to realize what a bore supper with an old uncle can be for two young people in love. That's not true, Uncle. Lovers want to be together, alone. But, Prince... I'm not hungry, Angelica. Now off you go with Tancredi. Don't think about me. Well, that was that was that was good. I liked that. It was mm-hmm. nice. It was I nice. believe you would like this film a lot. I mean, I'm Italian, so why not? Exactly. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So my second film. This is Barry Lyndon by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> Barry licious. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Stanley Kubrick, very famous director, directed I don't know who in that is. Stanley. He directed Space Odyssey 2001. Oh wow! Okay. He directed Eyes Wide Shut. He directed that. the. Um, adaptation of steven of the stephen king film um i hate stephen king you you know the one yeah the shining he directed the shining i don't like those films okay well anyway this is his greatest film by far my father showed me 2001 space odyssey Mm -hmm. and scared the crap out of me okay well again this is a epic three out more than three hours long again and again (laughs) and again historical okay so it's it's the tale of an individual, Redmond Barry, who becomes Barry Lyndon. He's There's so many berries in this story. <laughs> he's born as a member of the minor gentry in Ireland, mm-hmm. a rather obscure part of Ireland. Mm-hmm. He's well off, but he's, he's of low birth. Mm-hmm. He's of low birth. And it tells the tale of his many ridiculous misadventures throughout all of um, mid-18th century Europe, mm-hmm that eventually sees him becoming a high lord in Britain mm. and becoming a very, very... Where did you see this film? I downloaded it. How did you know to watch it? Because I'm interested in cinema, and I did a Google study search about cinema. You did like a Google search for good cinema? I mean, I read cinema stuff. So they said, watch this movie? Yeah, okay, essentially. Okay, okay. So anyway, he eventually becomes an v- incredibly wealthy lord. I don't understand why you can't get a date with this type of stuff, Timmy. I swear to God, like you're such a interesting guy. You he eventually. I mean? Okay, I'm just saying, like if you say uh-huh. this to people, like all right, go. I'm sorry. Okay, so he becomes a very wealthy lord in Britain after going to the um, Seven Years' War in Europe by various misadventures, working his way up the ranks okay. and becoming an important um, intelligence officer. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to wait, 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 wait. Is this the one where like they had people in like Ireland, and there was like the Ireland Irish like terrorist people? No. Okay, mm. never mind. Sorry. He leaves Ireland early in the film. Okay, sorry. 
and eventually he goes to um, Britain, marries the widow of a high of high nobility, mm. and ascends to his title. Okay, and he is undone by his own cunning. The the um, son of the widow very much resents him, viewing him as a lowborn ruffian who usurps his birthright by taking his father's place mm-hmm. and denigrating the nobility of his family with mm. his dashing good looks, um, um, seducing his mother. <laughs> and very much... Whoa! Ve- very, very, very so contrary delicious. to the um, social order. And this is possibly the most visually gorgeous film of all time. Hmm. There are There are untold numbers of shots in this film where if you just watch the film and hit pause at a certain time, you could believe you were looking at one of the great Renaissance paintings. Wow. Just really? All th- really. To see you really, this animated about it. That's pretty cool, man. Very, very terribly beautiful. And we will give you a um, brief clip of a very touching moment where after many misadventures on continental um, Europe mm. throughout the war, great tribulations, he finally meets for the first time in many years a fellow countryman. It was very imprudent of him, but when Barry saw the splendor of the Chevalier's appearance, the nobleness of his manner, he felt it impossible to keep disguise with him. Those who have never been out of their country know little what it is to hear a friendly voice in captivity, and there's many a man who will not understand the cause of the burst of feeling which was now about to take place. Er scheint mir Doristikus zu sein. Dankeschön, euer Gnade. Ist ihm nicht wohl? Sir, I, I have a confession to make to you. I'm an Irishman. And my name is Redmond Barry. I was abducted into the Prussian army two years ago. And now I've been put into your service by my captain, Potsdorf, and his uncle, the minister of police. To serve as a watch upon your actions and to give information to the same quarter. The Chevalier was as much affected as Barry at thus finding one of his countrymen, for he too was an exile from home, and a friendly voice, a look, brought the old country back to his memory again. I wonder one day, you know, if if ever you and I, you know, go off and do our own thing and then meet each other again, will mm. our interaction be in a way like that, saying... Mm. A brother of arms, a brother of blood, a brother of nationality. You know, it's good to see you again. You know yes, what I mean? Well, kind of, I, I always, I always find those type of scenes endearing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's an interesting pick, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for the share. Yes. Um. So when I was when I I don't even know when I actually know what I was working at Chuck E. Cheese's mm-hmm. when this film came out, and I had a cousin. This was two thousand six, right? Must have, must <laughs> yeah, have something been. like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, I used to work with my cousin, a uh, Kristen. 
And uh, when this film came out, uh, I was like, Chris, we got to go see this film. We got to go see this film together. Mm-hmm. We got And I, I believe, I want to say we did eventually get to see this film in theaters together. And I think she fell mm-hmm. asleep or something. But I loved this film so much hmm. and it, it reminds me of two things one it's a great it's a great movie and two just when i was younger how my cousin and i used to you know work together and i was young and i was like silly and i was mm-hmm. like um i look forward to a new movie coming out i don't yeah, know like yeah. i don't do that anymore like i don't really hmm. feel like i'm really like i i'm in that in that place in my life where i'm really excited for a new film uh-huh. in the way I was as a teenager, like yeah, you know what okay. I mean. Like, like it was like a big thing for me, mm-hmm. and this film was because it looks so grandeur. It looks so mm. wonderful. So, Viva Vendetta is uh, premised in a post, uh, a post almost apocalyptic uh, uh, episode of an epidemic mm-hmm. that killed most of the world's population, um, and then the country of England, uh, you know, t- for safety, as had asked a a. Uh, authoritative government to take power to protect Mm -hmm. them and eventually it became like this you know orwellian 1984 type Mm -hmm. governmental system where you lost your freedoms but everyone's safe Mm -hmm. and like there's like twists along the line it's very anarchical it's very anti-establishment it's very Mm pro-socialist in a sense um uh Almost libertarian, I would say, even too. A lot of libertarians, the libertarians like, it. like it. Yeah, for sure. But I think there's a lot of sounding resolve the idea of not having an overpowered government. Yeah. As liberal as I am with most things, I am not at any mm-hmm. bit of a person to say that I don't believe in personal freedoms. Mm. I don't believe in, you know, the idea that the state shouldn't be able to control everything. Yes. Like, you know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm realistic about things. I think, yeah, there needs to be regulation. However, mm. I don't want to be under a totalitarian state. Mm-hmm. So then there's this main character named V who is like the, the hero of the movie. And he's like a terrorist, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to wake up the masses and, and yeah. doing these uh-huh. acts, etc. Uh, so in this clip right here, uh, it shows him taking over a, a production studio and then playing a clip uh, of him uh, having a grandeur speech to awaken the masses to say you're being controlled by the mm. media and the government. Wake up. Take arms. Fight for your rights. Do not be controlled by this state. Mm. So let's play this clip. Good evening, London. Allow me first to apologize for this emergency challenge. I do, like many of you, appreciate the comforts of the everyday routine, the security of the familiar, the tranquility, repetition. Bloody hell. I enjoy them as much as any bloke. But in the spirit of commemoration, whereby those important events of the past, usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle, are celebrated with a nice holiday, I thought we could mark this November the 5th a day that is sadly no longer remembered by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me I think. Expect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's Chancellor Sutler. Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, 
There is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You told me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and subverting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. Who wouldn't be? War, terror, disease. There were a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic, you turned to the now High Chancellor, Adam Sutler. He promised you order, he promised you peace, and all he demanded in return was your silent, obedient consent. Inspector, you're almost through. Last night, I sought to end that silence. Last night, I destroyed the Old Bailey to remind this country of what it has forgotten. More than 400 years ago, a great citizen wished to embed the 5th of November forever in our memory. His hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice, and freedom are more than words. They are perspectives. So if you've seen nothing, if the crimes of this government remain unknown to you, then I would suggest that you allow the 5th of November to pass unmarked. But if you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, and if you would seek as I seek, then I ask you to stand beside me one year from tonight, outside the gates of Parliament, and together we shall give them a 5th of November that shall never, ever be forgotten. I mean, there's so many lines in that speech that just hold so much truth to me. And as a young man, you know, and, and, and I, as I grew up, I mean, I know it's a little bit uh, cliche because everyone likes mm. this speech. Mm-hmm. But it's a brilliantly done speech. I would say close to, I don't want to be so hyperbolous, but I would hope that this is a speech that lasts through antiquity like Shakespeare. Hmm. Honest to goodness. Like, it's a beautiful speech. Whoever wrote this was brilliant. And I very well think it may have been the comic book artist possibly as well. Yeah. This was originally a comic. One of the what, to, one of the lines was that I, I truly loved is um, words remain having their power. Hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? This words have power. Hmm. And ideas from those words have power. And I think it's important for us to realize that we people hmm. have power power Mm. to change the things that are inequitable in this country Mm -hmm. and i think that gives me vindication in so many manners to think that you know if you have an idea say it Mm. okay locked in your head it does nothing show it to the world Mm. and say it when i was a college professor uh i was teaching freshman students uh, their first classes, and I was one of the mm. first exposures they had into the university field. And I didn't, say, I didn't quote this passage word for word or for saying for saying. But one thing I did say that is similar to what this this speech said is that mm. there is something terribly, terribly wrong with this country, and there needs to be people who are willing to protest, willing to fight for the right ideas that allow for people to live in an equal opportunity country. Okay, where just because one was born of a certain name, just as as your stories that you've said in the Mm. movies that you've spoken of, just because of their uh, 
whatever circumstance does not mean they are intrinsically uh, intrinsically afforded the the right to quote unquote rule. It doesn't work like that. It shouldn't work like that. Okay, there's something terribly wrong with this country that I have institutions that disenfranchise certain peoples. And that is a, a, a terrible thing in this country. And that being said, I told my students that there is something terribly wrong with this country. And we need to make sure that we voice our opinions and make sure that we tell others that there needs to be a different way of living. And this story, again, cliche as it may be, because everyone knows of this story, of, this, of the V for Medetta, uh, it, helped, it made me so vindicated. When I want to feel a uh, woof about how I feel about something, this mm. is a go-to movie. It's a beautiful movie, and it ends immaculately, yes. ladies and gentlemen. And I, and I, and I, I, I do suggest, if you ever want to feel like you want to be part of a movement, first watch V for Vendetta, for mm. goodness sake. And I the, loved uh, it. I love the film. And the talk about the 5th of November is an allusion to Guy Fawkes, yes, yes. who was a Catholic militant in Reformation England, who, if the gunpowder plot had um, succeeded, would have killed none other than Queen Elizabeth. Well, that's true. I'm not, I'm not advocating for assassination. Mm. The idea of what it was meant for. I mean, revolution and, 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 and movements have come in all shapes and forms in mm. history. No, no, no questions asked with, regarding that. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a good, it's a good film. Definitely, definitely uh, recommend people watching it. So, okay. There you go. That's, uh, right. that's my three films. Tim, what's All your right. last one? So my third film is quite a departure from my first two. My first two were of great renown, very well-known, and um, very highly esteemed, both historical epics. This one is a very recent film released in 2011 called Take Shelter. It takes place in a um, lower-middle-class, verging-on-lower-class rural area in America, most likely in the Midwest. And it tells the story of a small, um, lower-middle-class family where the husband seems to be slowly becoming insane mm. as a medical me- medical condition that um, seems to run in his family. Um, it very, very, how to say, it's very subtle in how it paints the picture. This is a sort of thing that would be very easy to treat crudely and... Uh, feel like a political cudgel that's more of a more of a vehicle towards projecting a certain political ideology or political point rather than a piece of art. Mm. This does the former while still being a great piece of art in itself. Mm, 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 mm. And the um the husband slowly begins to act more erratically. He becomes obsessed with this idea that a terrible storm is coming. And therefore, he has to build a shelter. And he begins just spending the family's money on this shelter. And it's totally ridiculous because this is not a part of the country where such a thing would ever happen. Mm -hmm. And everyone thinks he's insane. And his his mother went insane. So it seems to be a genetic condition. And it's clearly the case that he's insane. And the great climax of the film, actually, the climax of the film is so good, I don't want to give it away. Okay. Okay. So I will leave you with this clip and say that it simply must be watched. In my opinion, it's greatly underrated. And this is, I would even say by far, the greatest film of our decade so far. Huh. Wow. All right. Let's take a look. You think I'm crazy? Huh? Is that what he told you? Mm. Well, listen up. There 
that man knows how to build a shed. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. <laughs> that, that's how the movie ends. Just <laughs> like the family undergoes. The family undergoes this terrible tragedy, and they're utterly ruined. And this like guy's walking his dog on the sidewalk, and just like mm, that man knows how to build a shed. <laughs> Love it! I love it! I love it! I love it! Oh, that's why we do this, man. We so you should watch. You should actually definitely watch this one because it's all about what you're talking about. This bourgeoisie, um, social injustice sort of thing with a shed. Yeah. All right. Cool. The whole point is. Cl- I've explained the whole point is commentary on class divisions and the machinations of the economy against the lower middle class working man. And you know what's funny? I really in this in this list and I re- and I truly 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 mean this too. Mm. Um I wanted to I wanted us to talk about Itumama Tembien. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, I, I that literally was like the first film I thought about, but then I a lot of our viewers aren't Spanish speaking mm-hmm. and the clips that we could play yeah. uh-huh. I don't think would be accessible to them yeah. so much. Um, but uh, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, that's another one of my films mm-hmm. that I think you really should watch. Tim, including, uh, we, mm-hmm. I would watch. Actually, I watched yeah. that first. You watched and then, it on uh, my recommendation, and we watched it together. No, 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 no. I think no, no. We watched. I watched that in my Latin American film class. Yeah, and you said have you, you had ever to watched watch E.T. Men. Oh yeah, no, no. no. Come I, on. I go thought on. I thought the deal was you had to watch a Latin American film, and we discussed this at one point, and I said, oh, I know what you should watch. Really? I thought I, I st- thought you were able to choose and I said this is the one you should watch cuz I know I watched it no, before. No, I feel like I feel like we watched that in cl- I feel like I watched that in class. No, we watched it um in our apartment in Westchester. Was it really you who exposed me to that? Yeah, huh? God dang, man. Who else would have? I I I want to say I want to say it was for, maybe from a list of things. I know for sure. I feel like you okay. knew what the film was. I had was. watched it before we watched yeah, I think, it Yeah, I think it wasn't. The, I think I want to say, so you're positive you watched it before we watched oh, it together. Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh-huh. And which I'm not surprised. Ladies and gentlemen, Eat to Mama Tembien, Eat to Mama Tembien was, as, as if it's, it's and, and Your Mother Too, which I believe is a Spanish insult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's precisely just that, is the critique that the upper middle class and the, the upper class uh, in the end, screw the lower class. Mm. And, you wrote a very and good one essay another, about and it. And one another. What's that? You wrote an essay about I it? I did. I was impressed with that essay. Oh, Tim. It was a oh, good essay. Oh, Tim. It was good. I love it when people stroke my ego. But I, I truly felt passionate about that film. And it was mm. also a critique on the modernism of Mexico. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. the idea of that certain peoples are being left behind with the ever-growing mm-hmm. economy that's being more... It's not industrialized or um, agrarian, agrarian, Agrarian. excuse me, um, and becoming much more capitalistic and Mm -hmm. you know corporate. So is that our is that our Grubhub? I don't think so. No, pick it up, dumbass. All right, hold on. Hello. Oh yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, our Grubhub is here. Uh, I hope to see you all next week on our latest podcast. and uh, I'm going to sign off for Timmy because uh, he's getting our food right now. So, Tim, and this is Dave, and this is the Tim and Dave Show. And I ho- have a great rest of your week, everyone, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Timmy. I'm going to talk things after the thing. Hey, I'm Dave, and I'm going to talk things after the thing.